You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, overdrinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping, your parenting is slipping, your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me, I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our Shredded Fathers Brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move. Today, my featured guest is Badan, and I can't pronounce his last name, so he's happy to do that, or you can find it in the show notes. But this guy is from the Ukraine. He's joining us from the Ukraine right now. And we're off on the right foot, Startup Nation. You know, like we're just having conversations about being a man and what it's like to be a father. And he's going to be a, you know, get married soon and, and be a dad. And he was, he was just open. He was open. He's like, dude, how are you doing it, man? You know? Are you a screw up? Are you a screw up? I don't want to be a screw up like you, Joseph. Are you a screw up? Right? Like, so I like the human talk. I like the human conversation up front. I want to kind of see who is he? What's he about? So what does he do for business? Hey, you know, he does brand identity. 
brand identity, right? So he's a creative director, brand strategist, entrepreneur uh, for over a decade now. Um, I'm just going to leave it there and let him show up and teach us a little bit, right? So a lot of you entrepreneurs, you have no brand for your company or you have no brand for yourself, no personal brand. You're just showing up trying to make money, trying to pay the bills. But like you're forgetting that people do business with people. They don't do business with inanimate objects. Okay, so you got to create this like persona, this identity that is authentically you. And then wrap your company around it. Did you get that? Like don't wrap you around your company. Wrap your company around you. Like who the F are you, man? Like so many of you pretend that you're, you're something you're not. I used to do it. I used to do it in so many of my early startups. But people like they feel the BS, I believe. Like if you're trying to build some image that is just not real, people are going to crack it like very fast. Just within first conversations, I believe, or when the first results come, if it's some service uh, collaboration, if it's a product, they are still going to feel who you really are, I believe, through the product. Because it takes so much and you would definitely know it. It takes a lot to build a startup and there's so many like details that you have to look into. And all of this comes out of your own kind of wholesomeness, I believe. Like you can never be very accurate about the details. You can never hire the best people if you're not going to, if you're wandering around even about yourself. So yeah, I think like staying true is like the best thing that can happen. And I believe actually the best brands are built around that. You just take who you are because you're authentic, right? And you like leverage that to the maximum possible. It doesn't mean you need to pretend to be somebody else. I, and, and actually that's what I see a lot of people doing. They're trying to fit in, trying to be like somebody else or like, because that this has worked for them. I want to be like that. This is a good practice. I believe that the best way to go about the brand is understanding who you really are and actually putting that through a proper framework. It's the same for the personal branding, for the company frame branding. And you are absolutely also right saying that the company branding also starts with the person because you are the driver. If you don't live up to the values that you communicate, again, people are going to crack that nut and see that you're not the person that you're talking to. And once they kind of don't believe your word, you're not going to go far with that. For example, we can take Facebook, right? Saying that they protect the privacy and they're like, you know, careful about that. Do you believe anything about like kind of Facebook a big time after that? Not because, you know, they're not really doing it. We take Apple, who is talking about the privacy and that they take, they take it really seriously. And you, you believe that. So whatever you're communicating, I should believe, I believe it should be authentic. Otherwise, again, it's just a ruining things rather than building up this metaphoric image that you want to have in people's eyes. So, but Don, what I'm hearing you say is that like branding and creating an authentic, uh, powerful, impressive, compelling, attractive brand is really about keeping your word, like making your actions and behavior line up and be in alignment with what you say or what you promise to your clients, right? Not breaking your word. Like it's pretty basic. Like <laughs> this comes down to just like treat others the way you want to be treated. So Startup Nation, like take a self-check right now, man. I had to do this so many times. And when I looked and, and listen, the, the most, the scariest place for you to ever look is within yourself. Like the scariest place in the world for you to look 
is within yourself because a lot of you don't like what you see in there because you've been yeah, cutting sure. corners, right? Like you're skipping, you're lying, you're doing whatever, you're hustling, you're grinding, whatever it takes, but you're screwing people over sometimes. Yeah, but I got to pay my bills. I got to put food on the table. Yeah, but you just stole from that guy's food on the table. <laughs> like, like it doesn't justify. All right. So listen, I grew up in New York, right? And like I said, and, uh, you know, one thing about New Yorkers, you could love us or hate us, but like you at least know where we're coming from, right? We'll just tell you to, uh, to your face, right? And uh, I appreciate that, right? Because I grew up with that. And I think a lot of people, I know, I'm in Tampa, Florida, a lot of people appreciate that, just that realness. Like, hey, if you don't like me, let me know you don't like me and then we can like work from there. But going back to your point earlier, if we show up inauthentic in our, our brand and what we're promising in our right in our deliverables then i think the worst experience is when customers know it they figure it out that we're lying or that we're not actually real we're not authentic and they don't tell us about it like i think that's the worst numbers, because though. there's no feedback loop like wouldn't it be better if they just said hey you're effing lying to me you said this you did right and if we heard five or ten clients say that to us what are we going to actually do in the end of the day, I think it's, it's your job to also like pull that feedback. It'd be super nice if people would be sharing everything, but it's just the whole science of actually getting them to say truth as well. Because having conducted like lots of user interviews, reviewing brands, reviewing apps, usability testings, oh my God, like people are always kind of lying, not for the bad purposes, not necessarily, but they will always try to, you know, kind of show themselves as very smart or prove themselves extremely capable of anything, whatever, but that in the end of the day is not usually helping you to get the most honest feedback. So like, you'll be asking like, how do you like my product? And they'll be like, I love it. This is like absolutely amazing, but they, they don't use it. And that's like the easy example. There's a very good story that I've heard the guys were doing the uh, testing of the design of the milk packaging. So they showed up to this lady and they asked like, how do you like the packaging? Is it, you know, kind of working for you? And she was like, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I love it. There's nothing wrong with it. I use it every day. And then when they finished the conversation, she just kind of smacked that thing, like the package in order to fit it into the garbage. And they, and they were like, well, why do you do that? She was like, because that's what I want from it. I want it to be like way more compact so I could fit it in the garbage can. So when you ask directly, she will tell you, you know, I don't want anything. Everything is perfect. But then when you actually observe what they do, it can be different. So like probably the wisest and simplest rule of life is also like observe the actions, not necessarily always listen to the words only. And again, that comes down to the very first point that people are gonna crack you or not. Like you can tell all this amazing marketing kind of things, but when your product really is bad, they're gonna find out very, very soon that it is just not what has been promised in the very beginning. So I think like making that consistent is a job of every founder that really wants to get the mass traction and people to believe in his product and actually recommend that. So you cannot say your product is good if it's not really good. Build a good product so, first. And then so Bodan, how do we observe our clients when we're not around them? Like we're not seeing them use our actual products, especially if we have a digital product and we send it to them and they're like, oh yeah, it was great. Thank you so much or whatever, you know? But we don't know if they actually applied anything in it, 
if they used it, what did they get the, you know, the positive result out of it, right? And we could send them the surveys, but then again, we're back in that same problem of them just trying to give us what they think we would want to hear because they would want to hear it. They don't want to hurt our feelings, but it's not actually serving us. How do we get around that? Like, is there a better way to observe what's real with our clients and using our products or identifying with our brand and and find those problem areas and then get to work and correct them, right? So that we satisfy our clients at a much higher standard. It is based on a very interesting word that I'm not necessarily sure everybody even understands properly that is called insight. And the insight is actually when you observe a person in a natural behavior doing something this is what is called inside. It's not, you know, kind of, it cannot be fake. It's for example, if you want to see how people interact with some package in a supermarket, for example, you would just hide somewhere or look, look upon the camera, how they kind of, you know, kind of choose between them. Because if you come up and ask, they're going to tell you different stuff. So it's like the Schrodinger effect kind of as, as for me. Right. So, um, if you would ask how to do it, like there's obviously it's, it's a huge science of getting that insides out, right? So it, it cannot be communicated in just one one word sentence. But in the end of the day, it comes down to observing them in the most natural behavior kind of patterns possible. So for example, what we do, we try to talk less and show more and without any like super guided directions. For example, if I'm running the usability testing of the app, I would just like show them the app and say like, not explain what it is about, not ask them things They're like, try to pay your bills. And then we see how they, you know, kind of where they try to look for the button. Do they find it? What kind of things they have? Sometimes you would ask them to comment, like what, what are your thoughts that are coming into the place? But again, even like commenting would be already some kind of layer of little BS there because they, you know, you don't want to show up as a fool or something, especially when it comes to interfaces, right? People want to show up as they know all the technical abilities and they're very, I don't know, capable, but it's not. So I think like trying to get them to just like look at what they do without talking too much. That what it, that's what I usually try to do with all the usability lessons of digital products always. Just get them the scenario, pay the bill or like export me this PDF thing out of it. And then we see how they do it. Because again, they can tell, tell me it's easy to do it. But if we see them looking for the button for 25 seconds, yeah, like pushing the button was easy when you know where it is but you know it takes 25 seconds for you to find it that's what is the truth behind it not uh yeah it was easy thing so for that insight in observing that in that example right like them taking 25 seconds to identify where the button location is that's an opportunity right there to go oh geez we gotta make a much bigger visible button that's just like right in their face right there's no thinking they just click it so that's an opportunity, Startup Nation, for you to improve your product, improve your service. But like, we got to get into it, right? Like almost sit down with them and observe them. And I like the way you were doing it there in your example. Like you're actually giving them instructions and then kind of like grading them. But you're not grading them. You're just observing them in their natural habitat, kind of like stepping back and just giving them one clear, simple instruction. Pay your bills. And then watching them struggle. <laughs> and, right? Yeah. Or watching them just sail right through it. And you're like, I think we have a winning product here. Like, man, they did, sure. they paid their bills in under 30 seconds. That was awesome. Or it took them three minutes and I saw them huffing and puffing and looking confused. And they had their eyebrows kind of scrunched because they're trying to figure it out. But they're like, no, this is easy. Really? It is. It's easy. But their face is lying. Right? Like, 
This is great. This is great opportunity. So how does this really connect with our brand and creating that brand identity, bringing this back full circle? Because I think this is intertwined, don't you? Uh, sure. So uh, I would probably come back to what I'm actually doing at my agency as well. We do branding, but actually like at the bigger part of it. So we do the brands, the websites and design of the apps. So we're working with tech brands. So for tech brand, what, 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 what branding is, right? Is the set of emotions and associations that somebody has with your product or service, right? So it ha happens on the identity side of things, the logo, the communication and everything. But in the end of the day, the biggest emotion that the people are going to have about your tech product is actually the product itself. And that's why like these are, this is how like all these three backgrounds come into one thing. So question, so again, question yeah. real quick. You said the number one thing is, you know, the, the product itself. It's not the result that the product gives them as the number one thing. It's the actual product and their their experience well, with the it. The product is the tool. It's the tool that they use in order to get the result that they want. And so it, is the experience yeah. is the experience of using the tool in tech more important to the end user than the actual result it gets? I believe it's the whole actually service pipeline, I would say. Like it's start starts again from the first side when they just see you, then they use your product. And there's like, after you use your product, there's also interaction that is happening with the user that can also help them achieve their goals. For example, it's like push notification things, reminders, I don't know, like emails or just calling you to say like, Hey, you've been not using our app for quite a bit of time. Maybe you need some support here and there. And this whole thing defines the experience. And then it defines the emotion that you have towards the product in the end of the day. So product is like very important. It, it's at the heart of it, I believe, but definitely not the only organ, like all the organs in our body are important, right? The skin, the bones, everything. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So going in and identifying what are the main organs, right, that I need to address in my, my product first, right? So it's the product, it's the result, right? Those are two top ones right there. And then one at a time, once you get those really like just aligned and smooth and seamless, like then you start identifying, okay, where are the other speed bumps or hiccups that my client's having in this journey, in this client journey with my products, right? Yeah, this is very powerful, brother. All right, and so like- that Aligning that is also like extremely important, but there's other thing in order to have a stable associations with you is the consistency. So you don't just do it once and align it once. You have to, if you're doing the communication about your product, you also have to communicate the same thing all over again. So people remember that because if you're trying to disperse that, always pivot that, always kind of reposition that you come up with different messaging, then the set of association that people are going to have is going to be different. It's going to be different in everybody else's head. It's going to be unique anyway. But what you can do with, the, again, the brand strategy, brand exercise is try to kind of get the opinions to be as centered as possible towards what you want people to be thinking, feeling about yourself. So the consistency is also extremely important. I agree. I think the consistency removes the confusion for the client, right? And a confused buyer, what do we know? They don't buy, right? And I think a confused uh, purchaser, someone who already purchased becomes, right? They have buyer's remorse at that point, right? So we gotta remove confusion from the seamless client journey, you know, at every single stop. And that, that's your job as a founder, Startup Nation, right? Is to go in, get it, get your product good enough, right? Like it's 80% like it's good, it gets the results, or there's still a lot of hiccups and stuff. Launch that sucker, right? Because you're gonna get the most insight by observing clients use it and fumble with it and mess it up and get stuck. 
And then you want to be there with them and be like, hey, where did you get stuck? Like, why? what happened? What were you feeling right there? Okay, that was way too hard for you. Okay, I get it. Or it's just too much effort, too much sacrifice. Like I'm doing a shredded father's program right now, right? So I help, you know, dads that are over 40, 50, and 60, right? To get physically shredded in their body, right? So we do workouts and nutrition, and then we do an online brotherhood three days a week, but like when they're in the fitness app, our custom app, like some of them were getting stuck and I'm watching them. We were I'm literally at a coffee shop with one of my clients, just watching him kind of fumble, trying to find the, okay, where's that button? Where's that button? Right. And he didn't want to look dumb. Like, like you said, so he's like, no, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. But I'm like, okay, this is taking way too long. I got to make this to where it's like for a seven-year-old could just click, click, click right through. So Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Man. And it actually sometimes goes like way even deeper than even just finding the button. I had the cases when I was testing the financial application and the people needed to connect their bank account into the app in order to like use it fully. And we had the sentence that it was saying like, we are only doing the read only mode from your bank account. We're not doing any actions, just doing the read only. People were saying like, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily sure this is safe and secure, but we were like, but we just, you know, kind of showed you the message that it kind of, we're doing the read only thing. And still, they were like hesitant. They, they, first of all, didn't see the message first. I was like, oh, yeah, it's here. So they sometimes would just omit things because probably the fast tempo of how people are doing stuff. Mm-hmm. I believe currently it's even being faster and faster. So right? how did you uh, correct gold, that? Goldfish attention. So again, you have to then go into the conversation. In the end of the day, you have to process the conversation properly. But you say like, okay, what would be the reason for you to trust? Right? And it would be like, um, maybe if you told me like it is built by Ray Faisenbank, I would trust it because I trust the bank. And I was like, but it actually says that. But they're like, oh yeah, I didn't see that either. So like, okay, we have to bring it up again. So like, first off, when you're building an interface, you'd be like, why would I explain the same thing twice? I already explained that. But when you see people stumbling upon and just, you know, kind of not doing anything with the app, not because they can find it, they see it, it's there, but it's probably just not visible enough, not credible enough. So you have to play around with the visualizations. How do you make sure that this is like kind of secure, so then when we go to the next person, we would then intentionally ask, like, do you feel any security kind of concerns over there? And they'd be like, no, I think we're good. No, it's fine. So, yeah. That's All right. The way to do it. Startup Nation, I'm hoping this is triggering some things in your brain right now as a founder of your company to start looking into your product or service and really just like exploring and experimenting. Like, where is my client getting stuck? Where are they getting slowed down? Where are they getting hesitant? Where are they getting confused? Where are they feeling like a lack of trust? Possibly like, ooh, this doesn't feel secure. Like they're just having that not good feeling when they're going through the experience. You want to get there and go there with them and not be scared of finding problems. (laughs) Like you actually want to go hunting for them. Because when you hunt for those problems, you're going to find solutions and then everything gets better. You're going to attract the next client that comes in is going to have a much more amazing experience than your current client, which means it's going to be easier to sell your product, right? Which means more money for you, right? More income, more revenue, more growth and scalability. This is why you got to go in, right? And it all comes back to you. You are the brand of your company. Right, So you want to create a seamless brand experience, a seamless user experience that really represents your standard. Like, what is excellence to you? What does that even look like? Do you even believe in excellence? 
If you don't, then leave your product looking like crap or, you know, just a crappy experience because you're a crappy person. I don't know. But if you're like this amazing person with this great heart and you just want to like create this excellent, uh, you know, experience for all your clients and get them the results as fast as humanly possible, then get in and find the areas where that's being slowed down. All right. So, Bodan. The, trick, the, the tricky part here is actually not also tapping into the perfectionism trap as well. So it's a very like interesting balance between you really want to be sure that what you're rolling out is good enough for you. But at the same time, if you try to get it to some unrealistic perfectionist state that can also like slow you down a lot. So I think that's the interesting part about business. You have so many parameters, right? And you have to know how to properly balance them out. The, the quality, the perfection of it, the speed, right? The pace and like what the market is doing right now, what the people want right now, what they're going to tell you. And then the financial side of things and you like the design side of things and like technical part of things. So I think like bridging it all together properly and finding the, the right balance to make it is also like extremely important. I agree completely. All right, we're going to shift gears here uh, before we wrap up uh, today's conversation. And I wanted to ask you the, the number one area that I see, this is my personal experience, that I see other entrepreneurs, especially doing under 100K, the number one problem I see is their marketing. They just don't know how to market their products, their services, create that visibility and create lead flow, right? Coming into their business. Um, well, after that, right, some of them suck at sales. Others are amazing at sales. But I, I think universally, the number one problem is lead flow for everyone, right? You're drowning out in just this noisy world. It's just getting harder and harder. What was the number one most successful strategy you used in your marketing to create, you know, new clients, bringing new clients into your business so that you could sell them or have the opportunity to sell them? It's actually the messaging, I believe, on the marketing side of things. So the message should be relevant for the target audience. It should not be like absolutely default. It should, again, reflect who you are and your authentic self rather than being a bunch of ephemeric bullshit statements about really the innovation of innovation all in one, you know, help you do good, right? You want to communicate clearly, communicate punchy, communicate in a way that actually stands out because there is just so many options out there. Like, I really doubt that somebody is building a, a huge, huge build, a big idea in the blue ocean, right? So like, there's all these things that are being offered to you. There's a bazillion of entrepreneurs offering the same tool solution that you're trying to offer, maybe with a different spice. So you have to really cut through noise, really be relevant, really be yourself and like refine that. And this, this is informed by the strategy again. So the strategy should always come first. Like, what do you want to achieve and how? This is how your messages are informed and the messages themselves are actually kept within the strategy. But then at the end of the day is how you communicate them. So this is where actually design comes into part because we believe the design is visual communication. It's about having the message and choosing the most appealing visual way of transmitting that message. If it's the graphics, the visuals, the videos, like promo videos or whatever, like they all kind of are the way of transferring that message to the people so they can on the very first step understand what you're trying to build to this world why who you are and why they should believe you and try your product i believe and this is again i think where most of the people kind of get stuck with the default messaging being just like everybody else 
telling the you know very empty promises or like like any bullshit that is just not them and not what their product actually does and if you like it is a big science to determine who you are and you know kind of build that part but you can also again ask your users and they might tell you even better what your product is actually doing actually doing for them not what you intend them intend the product to do but what it actually does to their life could you give us an example of like when you got going and what was the catchphrase the the one or two sentences in your own marketing, right? That really clients resonated with. It represented yourself authentically and you just knew you you nailed it. And that brought in some new clients for you. Could you give us, give us an example? For sure. Our brand slogan, I believe it's called, let's add some cream on top. So what that means basically is we always make an extra step in things because we just love what we do. So we would always kind of work harder always deliver more than needed. Like we would tell it, we will bring three concepts, we'll bring five concepts, we'll rework them till they're very end, you know, and we'll never just like settle for average, I believe. And this is what our clients are also saying, like, guys, you went all in for this, you know? That's why I love working with you because you are never like kind of just giving me something. It's not about like a, this trade in, trade out relationship. It, it's about really caring about the product, about the person behind it, about the, the purpose that is there and about your craft. And this way you can always go a step further and we call it again, let's add some cream on top. So why do people like it? Because it has the brand name in it, which is cream is the name of our company uh, with the Q. And our website is thecream.com, just in terms of promotion. Uh, you can check out what I'm talking about, like on our website as well. So we're being extremely bold in what we're saying and for a big reason, because we are ourselves, we don't want to fit in. So that's probably my like last recommendation again for everybody and the underline of this whole conversation, right? Be yourself, be your authentic self and keep communicated in the sexiest way possible. That's a great example, by the way. And it really reflects who you are as a founder, right? Is like... You are the guy that believes in going the extra mile for your clients, right? So let's put a little cream on top, add a little cream on top. What a great catchphrase to sum up a standard, something that is your standard of excellence in life, personally, probably, and professionally. All right, Startup Nation, go find yours. What's that catchphrase? Make it short, make it punchy, make it authentically you. Okay, put out the world, right? It's got to be something that just kind of grabs someone's attention and and cuts through all the noise. What is that for you? All right, so uh, Bodan, we're about to go through our hustle round. Uh, just a couple minutes here. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink sure. it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show without the prizes. Are you ready? Yes. All right. What is your favorite thing about owning your own business? Yeah. Uh, it's the freedom that I have to work with talented people. Nice. What's your least favorite thing? Um, talking about money. Yeah, I get that. I believe we're all challenged or struggling with something at any given uh, moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently struggling with right now? Uh, getting more clients, I believe, as everybody. There's never enough of the game changers on board. <laughs> there you go. What are you most afraid of? Uh, being average. Mm. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business? Mm, teaching myself how to do the job because I had all the expertise and I had to teach them about the product because you have to know, know the product in order to sell it. Yeah. What secret fear do you have about people? Uh, pardon me, what was the first part? What secret fear do you have about people? 
uh, that they're all lining more than I think. <laughs> yeah, big one. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? Uh, that I should be less, I guess, emotional towards people that I like work with. Cause I usually like love everybody because they're so good. But then at the end of the day, they leave because that's the normal pace of kind of, you know, kind of business. So I guess that would be the, the lesson for me, not get too, too much emotionally invested. All right. So less broken hearts in your business, huh? No, sure. All right. So what's a new habit you're going to create this year? Um, that's a good one. A new habit. Getting fit. Even more fit, I guess. I like it, brother. What's a bad habit you're going to break? Um, nicotine, I believe. Nicotine. There you go, man. That's going to help with the healthy getting fit part. Pick three words to it describe. Buddy. Yeah. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, creative director and entrepreneur. Nice. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business. Um, ambitious youngster with the strive. <laughs> and last question. If you could come back to life after you died, give your family and friends only one piece of advice about real success, true success in life. What would you say to them? Don't be afraid and go for it. Don't be afraid and go for it, Startup Nation. All right, what's one action step that Startup Nation needs to take this week in order to move closer to their dream? What do you got for them? Set a clear strategy, a business strategy, a brand strategy, and whatever. So long-term goals. I see a lot of people fail with that, actually, not knowing the, the whole picture. Okay, Startup Nation, if you enjoyed today's show, go to uh, Apple Podcasts, write an honest review, or go to 100k.com, 100k.com. You could do it there. If we like what we write, we'll give you a shout out live on the show. And uh, what is the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you, Bodan? Yeah, it's thecream.com, our website. Okay, and that will be in the show notes for you, Startup Nation. Bodan, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, over drinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances... You've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping, your parenting is slipping, your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me, I am you. 
Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our Shredded Fathers Brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move.